And then you got Sam Hain pronounced. How is it pronounced then? Sam Hain. I think it's Sowin. What? Yeah, I think that's it. So did Danzig lose his mind when he joined that band? Well, he started it. Yeah. Like, well, I guess. All right, let's listen to the computer. It's going to tell us how to say it. One second. Okay. All right. All right. Let's let's listen to this because I'm curious. So you it's got like the misfits. a Celtic um, Halloween kind of thing. Not really hmm. Halloween, more like All Souls Day, maybe or whatever. But are you sure it's not Halloween? Yeah, Halloween. I love Halloween. <laughs> they just came out with like a new album, like really. Mm-hmm. Wow, they're, I'll have to they're check still it out. around. Still around. Oh man, we're really wasting some time. not for long because that's true this is the accelerative thrust podcast and i'm dan or dan zig yeah and i'm eric or erie vaughn or you can also call us ian and derek if you want yeah or ian and derek yep it doesn't really matter it does not matter honestly we can't hear you anyway so yeah, <laughs> call, call us, us whatever what, the hell you want. <laughs> call us whatever you want. No skin off of our back. Yeah, we can't uh, even hear you. So we can't even hear you. So today Oof. we are going to be interviewing all the world is kayfabe, which is consists of uh, two rappers uh, from the Quad Cities, Errol Hem and CK Pitts. I I don't know what to expect from this interview, Eric. I think yeah. it's going to be a very interesting one. I don't know about CK Pitts. I know nothing about him, uh, but I do know that Errol Hem used to go by the name Smash Moody and oh. was kind of part of the Quad City sort of metalcore punk scene. But, you know, what we're mainly going to talk about, I suspect, is uh, this project, All the World is Kayfabe, which for all you listeners out there that remember, um, it was a local review of ours. Mm, geez, what was that? Three or four months ago at this while, point. A little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little while ago. And it's a wrestling-themed rap record, but is also extremely um, eclectic in its music taste. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Eclectic? Eclectic. Yeah. Eclectic. It's yeah. very, very, it's a very uh, off-kilter sort of hip-hop record. It's Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of um, a lot of stuff going on and yeah. is also kind of confusing in the best ways uh, to the listener. I think the uh, beats and the music are absolutely fantastic. And I can't wait to talk to them about that or whatever Me they want to talk about. If they want to yeah. talk about the misfits, we'll talk about the misfits. Yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about misfits. I don't, you know, I don't know much about them. I think they're from Lodi, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, so that's why Glenn Danzig has the East Coast accent. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Um, Who do you think would win in a that's fight? That's all between... I know about him. 
Who do you? Yeah, I honestly, that's more that's than I, they're that's from New Jersey. Me. Yeah, that, that's more than me, dude. Like, <laughs> honestly, I didn't even know that. So you're that's one you got up on me there. Eric. Robo because, was their drummer for a while. Yeah. Robo was in Black Flag also. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. Who do you think would win in a fight between Henry Rollins and uh, Glenn Danzig? I wonder if anyone's ever talked about this. I'm sure somebody did. I'm sure it's been talked about by every music fan ever. Um, who would win a fight? Mm-hmm. Between Henry Jeez. Rollins and Glenn Danzig. Well, you know, I don't, uh, I don't know if I can really get into all that without accidentally talking some smack okay well which which is fine i don't care i guess but why don't you go first well since we're talking about uh a wrestling themed hip-hop record uh let's pretend that they're in a wrestling ring together okay henry rollins and glenn danzig um well i don't i know more about henry rollins than i do about glenn danzig so in my mind, Henry Rollins already has the advantage. Wow. Um, Literally I, in your mind. <laughs> in my mind, exactly. In my eyes. Uh, is, but, uh, is Ian Mackay the ref? <laughs> yeah, Ian Mackay is the ref. And okay. All right. That, so we have the whole just, setup. Who's going to win? Setup. Who's going to win? I'm going to say Henry Rollins <clears throat> just because I know more about Henry Rollins. And that's the only <clears throat> thing I'm going to base that on. Uh, nothing against Glenn Danzig. I, I do think he's probably a tough guy, um, but uh, I I don't know. Uh, I, I do know that Henry Rollins seems to really take care of himself and always seems to have. Uh, what yeah, about you, true. Eric? What um, about you? Well, okay. So two things. Danzig, I know, can be knocked out. I don't have definitive proof that Henry Rollins can be knocked out. That's a very, very good point. I think all humans can. I sort of think Henry Rollins can be a bit of a poser. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that he's very important. He was in a very important band, I guess, too, if you want to be generous. Um, But I just think he kind of plays it up. You know what I mean? Like, I get that modern hardcore people look at those Rollins records, especially Damage, as being ground zero for hardcore. And I get it. That's fine. Awesome. Well, especially My War. I I would definitely give it up for My War. Um, But I I think Danzig, uh, I think he's meaner. And I think uh, that he would be a dirtier fighter Mm -hmm. because he doesn't care about looking bad. And I also think that he has Satan on his side. So, and there's a good chance he can turn into a wolf. I don't have proof of that, but I think it might be true. I'd put my money on Danzig personally. Okay. All right. So you've, you've made some, you've raised some really, really good points about Danzig. He does seem to be the one that uh, cares less. And also, uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Danzig song. If you're going to compare, yeah, I know, I know. Well, it looks like uh, C.K. Pitts might be waiting to get in. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Let's Should we get started? All Let's right. bring him in, bring him in. And you're, Ladies you're and doing... gentlemen, we are now going <laughs> to enter the world of kayfabe. Hello? Hey, what's up? What's going on? Can you guys yeah. see me? Right. I don't see all myself right. at all. 
Uh, oh, it doesn't show my face. You don't have to. We can turn yeah, them no, off. But I want to. Hello, oh gentlemen. my gosh. <laughs> I can see why you wanted to show us that. Of course. Okay. I've so. never, I, I barely do Zoom. So this is like very. I've never done this, Zoom. This is the first time I've done Zoom in this way. I'm like, all right, all right, we're doing it. We're doing it. I really, really genuinely feel like an old man trying to do Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Every time, still, all the time. Yes, absolutely. It, it never gets. It never changes. That's for sure. We got uh, Errol Hem in the house. That works. Awesome. And then we got CK Pitts. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're in Atlanta. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm technically in Alpharetta, like an hour away from Atlanta. But I just say Atlanta because it's easier. Oh yeah. There you go. <laughs> um. <laughs> So uh, I suppose uh, we should uh, talk about this project, All the World is Kayfabe, which we yeah. reviewed. Phenomenal. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so much, dude. Yeah, yeah no problem. We, I, I actually uh, just re-listened to it again. Me too. Um, kind of in preparation for this because, uh, cool. I mean, it's just, it really is a very interesting take on hip hop, I feel. And uh so I guess the first question, let's get into it right away. Um, how did you guys connect? Uh, I, I assume that uh, you're both from the Quad Cities, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm no, wrong. Actually, uh, we were introduced by Drew, uh, Drew Hans, Dr. Ill. If okay. you guys I went to college with Drew. He lives in uh, Minneapolis now, and I believe you and him were going to school together, right? Yeah, so... I pretty much lived in Minneapolis for like five years when um, I went to college there for art college. Being an artist and a creative also was like, when I get to Minneapolis, I need to start my own. At first I wanted to start an indie folk band. And then I realized, oh wait, rap music is starting to become more popular nowadays and fusing other forms of music. So like, I just was just like, I'm just gonna start CK Pits and just do a bunch of random shit, see what happens. And yeah, just, got connected with people from like the locals in Minneapolis and Drew was one of them. He was like a few grades above me. So like he graduated, but around 2017, he asked me to be on the, he actually asked me and my other friend who I was making music with Kestro, he goes by Young Duck. Uh, he, he wanted us to be on this big posse cut track. And I did a verse on there and Errol liked it and we kind of just connected from there. And then Errol was the one who kind of connected me with a bunch of like uh, performances in the Quad Cities. And that was the first time I went to the Quad Cities and got that DIY, you know, artist traveling life for, for a brief second. And it was it was fun. That's how we met. And we just stayed in contact and just kept creating music together. I had I was just going to say I had to when I, yeah, when I heard his verse on that song, I was like, I got to. I got to do some stuff with this dude. <laughs> so I just hit him up. So, Errol, I know that you have kind of roots in the Quad Cities DIY scene a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I know he used off. to go by Smash Moody. Um, CK, have you always <laughs> gone by the name CK Pitts? Uh, actually, so when I was a teenager, so I started rapping when I was 13. And um, I used to just go by my initials. My, full, my actual name is Treyon Xavier Bell. You could just call me Trey. But um, okay. I, I used to go by TXB for like my rapper name back when I was like in high school because it was just like yeah, TXB. I mean, technically, I guess you can still say I'm TXB because it is my initial it whenever I make art 
And I mm-hmm. feel like CK is just more of this weird at this point in time, I guess, like now that I kind of conceptualized That's it more, a, it's, uh, it's a piece of the cake. It's a weird land where I can just express my weird appreciation for absurdity, the cult, and forming it with like all different forms of music that doesn't seem like they should go together. That's kind of well, the basis. Trey, of it. Trey has created like an entire world artistically, and he has like a new, like a a plethora of characters that he's like created in this world in this universe essentially ck pitts is like a voice of you know some of that it's like just a little piece of the puzzle man that's yeah more of an audio version of my weird fantasy land i've had since i was a child i don't know i've i've been deep into media and i love movies of music i love history philosophy psychology and just combining all those concepts just pretty much nerding out on anything and everything is possible so i was gonna ask um so trey you said that you were you had thought about doing like an indie folk project and then did hip-hop instead so is hip-hop something you both were drawn to early or is it something that you realized you liked later after you had already done other music I guess what was, how'd you get into hip hop from that place? And either of you can answer. I I got into hip hop like in probably fourth or fifth grade, I would say. I started like walking home from school and uh, my cousin lived in an apartment in between there. And he would uh, check me his old rap records that he wasn't listening to anymore. And like Three Six Mafia was, it was like one of the first, like the first. This like first like real like rap record I got my hands on. Yeah, that kind of got me going on it. And then like some no limit stuff, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And your cousin had those, right? Is how you got yeah, into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousin really yeah. was the one that got me into this stuff like gotcha. a lot. And guys in grade school, I went to you know, Catholic grade school, so we were passing around the Tupac greatest hits, you know, nice. when he got killed and stuff. So, you know, I was I was getting into all that stuff in grade school, you know. What about you, TK Pitts? All right, so my musical journey pretty much started when I was 10. Um, I got really into the Gorillaz Demon Days album. Yeah, That was like my first introduction to music. And I guess like now in retrospect, looking back at it, like it's the reason why I like so many different types of stuff, like eclectically, like even though like For I've sure. always been just growing up like hip-hop has always been like an aspect of my life like whether it's hip-hop or r&b like my mom always listening to pretty much the 90s essentials and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh but i guess like as a kid i was just always just like very explorative where i was like oh what's this what's this if i like something I'll, i'd listen to it and i think the gorillas was easy for me to get into because i was like they're cartoon band right, and like for sure. everything about the gorillas I feel like makes more sense in this day and age and like at for the sure. time period I was listening to De- De- Demon Days like on a daily basis it was like their right. first self-titled album and then the gorillas uh Demon Days album I had it all all, all on this like black little mp3 player like so from the year 2005 to 2007 I literally just listened to both those albums on a daily basis yeah i had no idea what the fuck they were talking about i just knew that I liked it. <laughs> right that's cool yeah definitely yeah. i i can hear that that would have been at least with this project i can sort of hear that lineage you know it's like uh there's a lot of stuff going on on this on 
all the world is kayfabe. Did you guys work on the production together or who mostly worked on the music? It actually started out as like a, a solo record. Okay. Like a lot of, a lot of the songs kind of started out as like skeletons for solo records, but like, I kind of like stopped wanting to write raps a, a little more and, and I don't know, some kind of link. I don't really remember what specifically happened with, I th think it was between just collaborating with Trey a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was because uh, New World Normal was a song that we had done in like, I don't know, I think we did it in like 2017 or something maybe like mm -hmm. that. And yeah. Either, yeah, either way. There's a few songs on the project where like, I was still, I was actually still in college when we had made them. Cool. And we yeah, don't think yeah. we met yet. We had like, cause yeah, the was, first time we met was like for your Junetopia event. But we were, we did like ever, ever since Drew's posse track, we started like making more music together. Cool. Whether it was me yeah, or you yeah. and Doug and like a culmination mm -hmm. of all that. It was just nice. kind of intermixed. And then it was 2019. That's like when we solidified um, gotcha. Patrick. I had to get him to, do, I was like, man, you want to just fucking do the whole record with me for doing vocals? And he's like, yeah. And, I, we did a lot of stuff like I had some production done already. Like some of the production on there was from like 2011, even mm -hmm. like a couple, a couple of the tracks were just like old stuff that I finally dug up and, you know, Trey, you know, did magic to him. And other times I would just like send him a click or he would just send me some vocals with, you know, just a click mm -hmm. that he had, mm -hmm. that he had, cause he just has stuff written and I would just build around that. And now that's why, like, uh, we actually are kind of working on the second one right now. And, uh, cool. But it kind of just kind of came organically from when we were going to do the first interview. You know, we started chatting again and yeah, I kind of had just been diddling around a little bit on, on some production when I had a, you know, a, a weekend and a spark and sent him some stuff. And like, we have one track pretty much done already. I was like, all right, we got to do this new one for Halloween this next year too. So <laughs> nice. Cool. Just like have that trajectory to keep building. And it's, it's going to be like, I mean, I think I'd probably have a couple of verses or hooks, but it's going to predominantly just be my production and then him just doing what he does and like that should be sick. Awesome. It vocally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The reason I asked is because a little breaking of kayfabe for us here. Uh, we send out like a pre interview sort of questionnaire and to our guests. And CK Pitts, you listed a couple of groups in your favorite bands that I, 100% here in all the world's kayfabe, especially Black Moth, Super Rainbow, the vocoders, synthesizer stuff, like those drippy <laughs> kind Black of Black Super Rainbow stuff. Like, yeah, I, don't like, really, I don't think I intended for anything to be put in there, like that sound. I think I was yeah. just listening to them so much. Yeah. If anything, like it probably was just a coincidence, just sure. based off of like, yeah. just all of our interest and right. stuff like that. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm obsessed with I black moth and that. tobacco. Yeah, so I, be I believe Trey actually didn't you point that out one time? Like hearing some of the stuff, weren't you like, "Yo, you need to check out"? Are you the one that told me you need to check them out because it was like yeah, because yeah. reminding you of that. I've never heard them before. That. Oh, me, nice. you, uh, Doug, the song you, me, Doug, and um. What's the other dude's name who does he actually does more of the vocal i forgot ben. his name is uh, ben, yeah ben. that's ben that he did all that vocoder stuff that's okay. uh he yeah like the, yeah if anything like i remember when i first heard him perform when we did the um because the first time i ever met him was way back when we did the uh back the in Churchill 2018. 
Yeah, and I remember like listening to him and just being like, dude, he is really on some Black Moth Super Rainbow type of stuff. I was like, oh, dude, I'm like, this is go, awesome. check, go check Ben out. He goes by Who Am I? H-U-A-M-I, one word. Who am He's I? fucking right. incredible, Who dude. The, the vocoder stuff is insane, dude. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I love doing, I love vocoding. I use it every chance I get in my music. And so whenever I hear someone else, I'm just like, oh, that's Quick killer. Damn, we need to get you guys yeah. on the new record then. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be great well, I have a you know and, oh you hold on dan go ahead sure, sorry sure. i wanted to ask so <laughs> i like black mob super rainbow is actually one of my biggest inspirations specifically yeah. for two characters that i've made noward and sebastian yeah i made them around the time period when i was in high school because like the person who introduced me to black mob super rainbow was my friend um Kestrel, uh, young duck, that's what he goes by. And he was, it, me and him also have, have like this little duo that we did when we were in college called Cool Guy and the White One. <laughs> and um, that's actually how <laughs> most of the time I. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was, it was like, that was how, that's actually who I started performing with a lot. Which one like, are you, Fred? When Errol started doing <laughs> like, shows for us. Nice. Yeah, but he introduced me to Black Moth Super Rainbow and um, uh, Animal Collective and like right. just bands of those types of like forms. And I I, yeah. I was already highly into indie and alternative psychedelic right. music at the time period, like when I was in high school. But like once I got to college, like it just opened my horizon. And then rap music started like going on the rise. Like you know you had more alternative rappers mm -hmm. like Chance the Rapper and mm -hmm. just more weirder forms of rap music that just did not exist like you know of course like tyler the creator or earl sweatshirt off future yep. as a whole and then the whole soundcloud wave like that was yep. i would say for me being a rap fan it was just amazing to see that like we can finally see all these forms of music merging together because you have For like sure. you know you could say like you had the new metal wave back in the 2000s and then soundcloud mixing metal emo uh mm -hmm. all these different like rock aesthetics that you people would say are like dead at this point but like I feel like at that it, it helped me because I always liked that music but I never got into it too much because I felt like I was just too late on like the metal scene or like mm. the rock scene as a whole but um yeah I felt like once like uh people started just combining all those together like it allowed me to yeah. experience it in a different way but I was going to ask uh, what is your favorite Black Moth Super Rainbow album? Dandelion Gum it's pretty great yeah, I, I've actually gotten more into tobacco in the last couple of years, I guess, too. Like Malibu Ken, that record was sick. Uh, oh, yeah, with Aesop Rock. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, love yeah. I listen to um, that a lot, a lot. It's pretty cool. Fun fact, every time I plug my uh, USB in in my car, that's the first fucking song that pops up is a song from that album. It goes <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Every time I plug my shit in, I'm always like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your favorite Black Moth record then? It has to be the first one. Well, technically the first one, uh, Falling Through a Field. Because that was the yeah. first Black Moth Super Rainbow album I ever heard. Yeah. Technically, I think it's like low-key a compilation of like the stuff that they right. were making under the name um Satan Stomping Caterpillars. Yeah, they had a you few ever, projects yeah, going. Yeah, I've never it. listened to that. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. You can actually find some of this stuff on actually all the Satan Stomping Caterpillars discography on Bandcamp. Nice. I think they have like one EP and two albums or something like that. For me, that just resonates with me more because I've listened to 
everything off of their yeah. like the whole entire discography it's just yeah. like over the years i'm like I, I it's just something about the earlier era yeah, of like for sure black mom story yeah. that sticks with me more i also have to say just looking at your list of groups that you like uh very brave choice putting current 93 on there i love current 93 but it's the most challenging shit i probably ever heard and probably the most problematic i'm actually i've actually made it a a goal of mine to like make neo-folk type of rap music and for years like i've been listening to them for like seven years and i'm like Yeah. yeah i don't really know how i'm gonna like ever like i don't know if i can show this to certain people because like there's <laughs> yeah. definitely some que- they definitely were into some questionable things in their earlier Big years time. that like yeah it was just like wow the anti-semitism <laughs> shit i'm just like what the f-? like it was like god damn like, it's this rough is weird. yeah this is but freaky shit, i've not wow. heard anything else like it so i mean that wow. has to mean something right so <laughs> Um, cool. I had a I had a question, kind of a follow up to uh, Eric's question about the production. Uh, that one of the things that Eric and I talked about with the project was that it almost sounded like we were kind of taking a trip through like different eras of hip hop. Yeah, hold on, I'm gonna do the like Vince McMahon reveal thing. I'm done. Fuck this thing's hot as shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I like, uh, I guess it would be like a hom- an homage to like production in general. I've just, like I said, I've been more on that tip of leaning toward just producing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I just like to try. I- I've always kind of liked to, you know, mess around and try uh, different shit out. And sure. I, li- I don't know. I like doing, I like, I'm not like great with all kinds of like crazy sequencing and, you know, wild production shit, but I like, you know, I like doing, uh, I like using like sounds around and, you know, that kind of shit and, you know, fucking around with what I have, you know, and, and trying to experiment a little bit here and there. Cause I mean, I'm not like the most technically savvy with stuff, but I mean, I've been like playing around for 20 plus years on stuff. And, and also like the fact that a lot of those songs are, you know, are at least like part of those tracks are, you know, seven, 10 years old, stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's, and I mean, I listen to everything, you know, like my favorite, I always say my favorite band of all time is Rush. You know, I don't know if that holds up at this point in my life specifically, <laughs> but uh, but I mean that's like you know, I would you know Rush in between the Barry to me and you know the sure, Mars Volta sure. that kind of shit was like my production style more so like with wanting to, and it's it doesn't always play out that way. You know, we have some hooks like here and there and stuff and some of the stuff, but and and also stuff like stuff like Closet Witch. That I I don't know. I like the idea mm-hmm. of going between like boom 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 kind of quick little pieces and then like long drawn out pieces that morph and move and shift along and i like kind of like oh yeah dabbling with that and you know there was a connective thread with the album you know as far as like what i was working on in the first place and then what the idea molded into early on and then from there it was just like building around that and you know once the once the main idea is in mind there's like a motif or whatever then just go from there and like whatever's happening is happening under that it, it just works out that way you know sure. i don't like produce a lot either so it's like mm-hmm. what i work on is pretty much just like this is gonna be if i know it's gonna work and be for that then you know i could build from there otherwise you know it'll just kind of sit for a while so i sure. some of it is like stuff that sat around for 10 years because it finally i was like oh you know what 
this one will finally work here for this nice. project. It fits perfectly <laughs> this subject, blah, 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 you know. It, it just yeah. totally made sense to me, uh, Trey, like all, all of the influences uh, hip hop wise that you talked about. I mean, every again, everything from Death Grips to Kanye and whatnot, because a lot of those like Kanye specifically, I mean, he goes from, you could talk about like the college dropout era, you know, being oh, yeah, man. sort of like yeah. almost like boom bapish, and then then he, you get into like Yeezus and that's when he gets into the yeah. more experimental stuff. Yep. And th- like in a, in a weird sort of way, there were songs that reminded me it, it could, it wouldn't sound out of place on a death grips record. And then there were songs. I love that, that shit sound- too, man. And then I there, was, there, like, there, I was there, playing there, on noise shows for a couple of years. So I, you know, and I love, I, you know, I love all this, all the shit I, from Musk. I can tell man, from all the, all the, all <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I love that shit, man. Yeah. The bookends like, of this record are, phenomenal i mean absolutely the first part the first one to me sounds dangerously close to power electronics and and that's what the aim is and like i don't know if you noticed that it's like it's essentially you i don't know if you can hear the like essentially demon saying the lord's prayer like in the underneath there there's like that juxtaposition of like heaven and hell good and evil in the whole record too that's like kind of part of it like you know the kayfabe idea because it's all you know what it all what it all what we see it as whatever you know right but like uh i i it's i love that you say that because like i actually had a dude like a homie that i know who like i don't know if he raps anymore but he used to rap he was from iowa city but he lives like out west now but okay he like he hit me up one time like man i'm trying to check out your album but like it just fucking keeps playing static like it's <laughs> like i've just it's yeah. like i've just been listening to 13 minutes of fucking static and like nice. apparently i had it set up like when you go to the band camp it just plays the first track and he just had the first track playing on repeat or whatever <laughs> He was like, he told me like 14 times in the conversation, like, yeah, man, um, I, I'm liking some of this other stuff I'm hearing on it, but you, you got to fucking do something about that intro. Yeah, man. yeah. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. I love I the, the grit at the beginning and the beauty yeah. at the end. Or whatever, the last track, the last track's phenomenal too. It just kind of comes out yeah, of that like violence damn, into like, like some that. ambient and then even like some ethereal kind of nature sounds come. It's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, and that yeah. was that was just me that was just me sitting in the backyard and and another funny thing about that was I didn't realize until we'd already dropped the album and everything and I listened to it after because I threw like uh you know I threw like a maximizer on, on the whole record or whatever you know right. I tried to like kind of level it up at the end and uh so it pulled up that zoom sound that was recorded on like a handheld recorder mm-hmm. that outdoor nature stuff I was just like sitting out back and it was when I was still drinking and stuff so I was just sitting mm-hmm. out back drinking and but I could hear at the very end. I cut a couple farts and like giggled to myself <laughs> like a fucking little kid, dude. Like I was like, what the oh shit, that made it a record. You heard it here first, folks. There but, you like, go. I've purposely done that on an album before where I'm like, that's funny. <laughs> and now I'm like, ah, fuck, man. Everyone's gonna think it's like this motif I keep of just oh, like, yeah, but I have farts in every fucking album from now on. Oh. <laughs> awesome. So you were talking a little bit about gear. Do you use mostly hardware? like outboard gear or do you do a lot with soft synths in the computer and stuff? Yeah, or? it's mostly it, that record was mostly like just MIDI, you know, okay. Sound bank stuff, MIDI. I got like some outboard gear that I, you know, kind of fuck around with, but, mm-hmm. and I, I guess I, I had some pedal work on some of, sure. I know like at least one of the instrumentals was like uh, the melody for the music was just like me doing some singing through a vocoder, you know, cool kind of yeah. making it for you know it was track five i think it was but 
so a little bit of stuff like that but like predominantly it was like on the computer cool. and i know some of it like that older track there was like live bass and live guitar and all that i thought like, i heard some live drums is that possible mm, on one of the tracks if not I I have some, just really I have solid programming <laughs> i know i have some good samples of some live drums and i okay. and i did yeah like i really enjoy like programming drums and I do it like when I actually get in the mind, get the groove of yeah. it. I like can kind of fuck around and make some cool sound of shit. With it's that. very but natural. You might be thinking of the one that has like the live bass and live guitar on it, the Heel Heat. That was that one that was like ten years old. Yeah, I and, think that is it. And yeah. it's like it's got like the double kick. It's like on some yeah, double kick. Shit. It yep. sounds like a rock song, kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so, and then yeah. it goes straight into like the most 808 sounding drums ever like the next track it just yep and it's just like so good I'm trying because to you get to go all that? over is that the place. uh bay wyatt i think so yeah yeah bay wyatt, wyatt. yeah that's yep. slow one that's what i meant by like yeah one minute it sounds like a definitive jux record or like man a and i record. you can ask trey dude it was a nightmare between like changing song titles and like the order that the songs <laughs> were in and all yeah. this yeah. shit dude yeah. He's like, bro, just tell me the fucking name of the original song. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck song we're talking about. When you call these titles, I'll be honest, yeah. for the longest, like for the year, like, because we started this idea like way back in, well, conceptualizing All the World is Kayfabe back in 2019. And like for two years straight, I'm like, wait, so this song changed after like a year? Like, like I mean, the name of it? Like, wh- okay, what's the name? Like, like 20 times name? each, dude. Like, anytime you ask me to like do a beat, like a, a verse on <laughs> a song again, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I, I can't remember what this is called. I just remember eventually, the beat. Eventually, eventually, eventually the system just becomes what are my first two bars? Like, if I give him the first two bars, he's like, all right, got it, yeah. I was actually <laughs> going to ask you guys, uh, this is kind of a question for both of you guys. So, because that kind of leads into my next question is how do you, how do you approach the lyricism? Cause I know that this was like a heavy concept record. Do, do you kind of, do you guys like, if you're approaching it, like this is a, a specific project with like a concept in mind, do you approach it? Like you're going to title the song based on the beat and then you're going to write the lyrics or is it just sort of like there's no whatever whatever there. happens happens? No. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason. We do it. We've done it like a multitude of ways. Like I said, he sent me. He he's got verses written, man. Like he could tell you some more of his writing process. Okay. I've just been I've been writing raps for like twenty plus years. So like I just it just comes. What I don't know. I just have. I can just go and it comes together. You know, like there's sure, usually yeah. just some like kind you. of theme in mind, and then it comes together. Sure. I feel like the chemistry of me and Errol and even just people who we've all collaborated with, we're all kind of just people who just nerd out on a bunch of different concepts and interests yep. and bringing our personal lives into our music, but giving it this weird fantasy. I feel like the way that we think just naturally, like, and because like, I, I agree with you, like, it does seem like it came together, like with a pure thought in mind but it really no. didn't it, it really, we're all just like people so in the improv. same situation we're just regular people who have obsessions and passions with music and we like nerding out about yeah. all these different rappers and wanting to emulate all these different rappers and probably done it through different points of our life and now that like we're well i'm 26 arrow how, arrow how old are you I, I don't think i ever know ask your age <laughs> 
You can I whisper know you're it. Dirty, you can type it into the chat. I just thirty chicks, baby. He needs the mask for that one. Me and Errol, so me and Errol, ten years apart. So for me, I just like. All right, so I started rapping when I was 13. I was heavily into Eminem and Lil Wayne, and that's all I listened to at that time. <laughs> I discovered Relapse Refilled, one of the most fucking craziest albums I've ever mm. heard to, even to this day. Don't play that album in this day and age. Like, keep that to yourself. But like, <laughs> is that the, is that the Eminem record, Relapse? Yeah, it's like the one he came out with after he did his hiatus from his drug problems. And then, like, right. and this, but that... this, so for me, like, I always knew who Eminem was growing up. I knew he was like a white rapper, and I knew that, like, rap music was primarily black. You know, as a kid, like, I got that, but like, I never fully understood the like nuances of it and so like right. when I started listening to music for myself so starting off with gorillas and then getting more into rap music whether it's from listening to cranked up soldier boy back in the 2007 era mm -hmm. and then getting into internet culture mm -hmm. and then realizing like music is moving on to the internet back in like the early two that like the late 2000s before yeah. the early 2010s and like I pretty much was aware of like all that like I remember discovering YouTube by myself back in 2005 when it first came out and just kind of just gradually seeing saw like how things went from like CDs to CD players to um mp3s to iPods to streaming and like so for me it was just like once I like started getting a grasp of music whether it was like me on the bus like reciting like a a popular rap song or popular just pop song in general at that time period I did that and then once I wanted to like dive into then another thing about me is that like I never cared for always like listening to like the, the hits. Like once I realized the concept of an album, I was like, wait, so there's just so other than the music on the radio, they actually have albums. And as a kid, that blew my mind for some reason. Mm. And so I just downloaded the whole entire album. Even if I didn't like all the songs, I still appreciate the fact that like there's more than just what's on the radio and like what the number one song is. And like all the kids around me, they didn't do what I was doing all the time. I was like nerding out, listening to like probably a fucking whole entire album from Young Jock, even though like he probably was more of a like, one hit wonder type of rapper at the time period. But in my, in my head, it's just like, no, like I want to appreciate every single song, even if it's not my favorite, because that's what I did with the Gorillas. And so when I discovered Eminem and wanted to like, like know why he was popular, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get into Eminem. But then like, besides the content, we all know Eminem's content is fucking brutal sometimes. Right. But Technical ability of Eminem blew my fucking head away from like the rhyme scheming of just, and then like when I went back to like Slim Shady LP, Infinite, all of the old stuff, the Marshall Mathers LP, like mm -hmm. I literally was just like a student just listening to those albums every day. Of course, I had to listen to the clean version because my parents wouldn't let me like download like explicit shit. <laughs> right. That's why I have an intense rebellion for like, censorship to be honest like even if i know something's bad like i'm like well i don't want it to be censored don't censor shit for me i don't know like and, and honestly in this day and age i'm like i'm fucking upset now that everyone's just all <laughs> censoring shit like like yeah. i get it but no like we need i need to hear the full-fledged details yeah. you can't hide the details from me and then so pretty much every day I'm just listening to Lil Wayne or Eminem Lil Wayne or Eminem and then random or like 
if it was Lil Wayne, then I was most likely listening to Young Money. So I was listening like to the earlier versions of Drake and Nicki Minaj and, you know, all the pop stars who are big today but like the during the beginning of that time period i wanted to know everything i wanted to know all the mixtapes i just wanted to know every single thing that they had and like that's just what i did as like when i was younger so i equate my writing ability to how eminem always rapped which was just going into the dictionary and like finding words that you he never heard before and figuring out how to mm-hmm. like um use it in a rap and that's what i did i just took eminem's method and just applied it to myself. So like, you know, from that point on. My method. I'm ambidextrous. I'm coming through with the tamer the home and the fat and the fat I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to wait. That's great. Everybody's I used to love Eminem. I can't hate Yeah, that's just what I did. But I also was really into like fast rapping too. So like that's what got me into like Bone Thugs and Harmony and then um Tech Nine. Yeah. And oh, it's just, dude, and yeah, it's just like all, it's like all, like it's like all that together. So it's pretty much the beginning of my rap appreciation was literally lyricism, just just nothing but bars, 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 rapping the most complex words and seeing how fast I could rap. So it's just mm-hmm. like I would memorize like a fucking like Busy Bone song mm-hmm. all the time, like every day after school. I just go on YouTube. And just be like, I'm sending a message on your pastas on your hit of my biz. Wanna see you? I will chop you, get slug, and get drilled. My next I have to pay the judge. Got you, wanna spot you? Watch to pop you in the boss and telling me not to, but I'm gonna stop until they get shot. When they go to the hospital, they're gonna shot you. And, 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 and like that's literally all I did when I was 11 years old, like nice. every day, wow. every day. I love Bone that's Thugs. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Bone Thugs is amazing, man. They're uh, Eternal 1999 is a perfect album from beginning to it's end. Pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. absolutely i like everything any anything with like a occult edge to it like i know bone thugs isn't like three six mafia three, or six whatever mafia, but yeah they do have like the mr ouija song like there's there's yeah. elements yeah. of weird shit going on there and in, in yeah the, yeah uh, they got the, the dust they got the macabre in there. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah. you want to know the strange thing for me, like knowing the, like, a, a lot of my shit really is just in, emulating like that dark aesthetic. But like yeah. for some reason, like I didn't get deep into Bone Thugs or like that mm-hmm. side of rap or mm-hmm. underground rap music until later. I don't yeah. understand why. I like elements of it, but I think I was still like that. Yeah, I still had that young like I want to be like a famous rapper, change girls all around me type of vibe. Like I think right. I still was intoxicated by that yeah. mindset but i still cared about like like <laughs> well i mean i, I really like dark yeah, shit. I no like one wants dark. to be in the grave diggers come on <laughs> <laughs> it's a side project shit. Yeah. so yeah, about absolutely. lyrics since we're talking about that is one of you more into wrestling or both of you or none of you or like- that's me dude that's, <laughs> that's all me that's all on you but I'm i would getting tra- I'm, getting, I'm trying to get Trey a little more into the shits man it does yeah, we have, can break uh, like yeah. I, we I, not played, break I played a few wwe like games back when i was younger there like you I, I, I know a little bit like i always this was not intentional but like when i was younger anytime that i tried to get into wrestling i, I always would just tell kids like i either like P- kane or the undertaker yeah yep. yeah you can't miss you know he's the yeah. undertaker baby <laughs> i just noticed that with the hat yeah well a- after uh talking yeah. to you a little bit trey it seems like you would actually enjoy the concept of kayfabe as well you know like even if it's yes. not 
That's why. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but the that's concept of works, it, man. You know, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, the yeah. concept of it, like, like when um he took, because I remember um, I remember when you told me about kayfabe. I think I remember actually watching a video about the word and how it was a wrestling term, mm-hmm. and I totally agreed with it because it's like, it really is a representation of like what our lives is like. I feel it's kind of hard to tell like what is reality and what's like media mm-hmm. because yeah, it's right. like all mixing together. Like for example, like I mean, just to be. I mean, if I'm gonna be totally, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This is Trey now on a serious note of the fact that like the fucking fact that like I can literally see the president of the United States taking a picture with Kanye West. Two totally different worlds, and you and it's so ridiculous but it is forever cemented within American history of that being a thing mm-hmm. and how it affected us to this day where it's like everyone is so consumed with media and like this weird ass reality and they don't even care if it's fake anymore. It's better right. than like not having like any type of purpose at all. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like what's happening with the world like just with everything, it's like every, it's like, we don't even need to watch TV anymore, man. We literally can just like turn <laughs> on the news right. and we can just see what the fuck is going on in Russia and Ukraine. And that's, we're literally watching World War Three in front of our eyes, but it's entertainment instead of this thing that we be, should be taken seriously. Yeah. yeah. And For it's- sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah. A- and no, that, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's funny because when we looked into your, this record, I was not familiar with the term kayfabe. And as soon as I read it, I, I thought, oh, that's the fucking word. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I knew that this had to be a concept so much that exists, the fiction being presented as reality and knowing it's a fiction. Not even that. I mean, you know? like, especially from like Carney days and like, mm-hmm. you know, earlier before, you know, the internet and stuff like that, especially in wrestling, you know people got their noses broken and stuff like that for saying it's fake and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the idea that like, even, and you know, and stuff like politics and shit like that, like it's living the lie, you know, it's right. Kayfabe is the reality. It is. And, and you live by that. You live by that credo to the, you know, to your, to your end. Yeah. That's the idea. Like like, it's representing what's kind of causing or like a a borderline personality disorder in the sense Mm -hmm. that like no one really knows who they're supposed to be. People are realizing you can be multiple things, all that. Yo, you're every internet, every social media you have is fucking kayfabe. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. you putting on your internet presence. You live, we all live a kayfabe life it's like every in all and everywhere you look you see the shit that's like essentially why it it worked perfect for Trey to be a a part of it you know because Mm -hmm. he sees he understands the concept and right and we were able to bring that together yeah mesh that into that like one theme yeah it's a great umbrella to be able to work under I'm sure too because it's like yeah Yeah, anything you bring (laughs) to it you can just say, well, that's yep. my character or whatever, you know, like that's why song titles, it, that's why fun. song titles would change and stuff too, because it would be like, you know, I'm, t- I'm tying into wrestling terminology and right. whatnot as part of this, you know, as part of the shtick and then I'll catch something. Maybe I catch something that Trey said in one of the songs. Oh shit. Oh no. 
And then it ties into <laughs> this, like this theme or whatever, this, this terminology that works perfectly as a double entendre for this idea and whatnot. Right. So like, that's why there's so many name name changes and shit like that. It was like, yeah. oh, this, oh, but this one, because there was a time I had like a hundred different like terms and puns and shit like that all yeah. written on some pages in a notebook. It's just, uh, you know, we'd have a song worked on and then, you know, I just kind of pick it through and yeah, the new ones would come along sometimes take over like, Oh, nope, it's this, you know, just, yeah. I think we're going to, I think we're going to keep that same theme in the second one. I'm not entirely sure yet, but <laughs> we have like a nice. minute and a half banger to open the record up with. That's like, <laughs> Oh man. Part of the production is like a sample from like me at work. Like nice. I'll just say that like, just like, <laughs> <laughs> Trey came yeah. with just fucking heat. Like uh, I heard this, he sent me it on Messenger, and I was like, ah! <laughs> "Yeah, let's do a new album." I think it was like a good mix. It's kind of reminiscent of the like noisy mechanicalness of the intro to the first record, but like an actual song. Bam, straight to the point. Oh shit, the record's starting right. Away. It's starting. Like I think we're gonna hit it quick. It might just be an EP. I think we're gonna just in and out. You know, I, I like the idea of sampling yourself because there's no way you can get sued. That's exactly. Well, yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. That's why, like, yep. I have a, I have all the machines and shit that make noises, you know. And it's like, fucking record that, throw mm -hmm. some, throw some shit on it, and like whatever it may be, you know, throw some filters on it, whatever you know. And yeah. I've been doing that shit for fucking 15 since I started producing. You know, actually getting into doing it 15 or whatever years ago. Like, yeah, I always like I love doing that shit. Like. I, when I was living in Chicago, like those Errol Hem records were hefty, like guitar, bass, drums made around the crit. Like I remember I would do like, I would just beat on my mattress a bunch, like in different spots for these kick drums I was using, like layer shit up. And I love doing stuff like that to like create. I use drum packs kind of for like thickening sometimes. Like I got to go, got to use some 808s, you know, I'm going to get mm -hmm. some subs and whatnot. But like a lot of times I just kind of layer stuff like a, I got original sounds as like a bass and then, you know, set something underneath to like really fill it out. But one, if you, if you make your own sounds, then yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, not only do you not have to worry, it's not even the fact of that. It's more of like, well, nobody else is going to have like that exact yeah. sound, you know, uh, there's a million kick drums and snare drums that all sound the same shit. But like, I'm the way that I just right. like, Oh, the way that that coffee cup sounded when I said it, on this surface like sounded tight and i bet if i threw this and this on it it would probably make a really sick snare snap as right. a little part on a song or something you know i like right. i record shit constantly like i don't carry my field recorder like i should like i, I record mm -hmm. shit lo-fi on my on my phone like and send it to myself and then i take it and fuck with it the same kind of way like i use a lot of lo-fi samples of like shit in the world around me like that too like purposely Instead of going to get the zoom where I could get the, you know, the, the 180, the 180 degree, like spatial recording, I would rather like just get this nasty mono, you know, <laughs> iPhone recording. Yeah. And then I'll that. fuck with it like that. And then it'll really sound fucked up and different. Like then it's really not going to be able to be replicated or whatever. Right? Yeah. Or think you won't yeah. know what the fuck it is. Like right. I, I strive to do that kind of shit. Oh, I'm going to take this. And then after I do this, you're gonna hear it and what synth is that you know you're not gonna fucking know that it was that <laughs> yeah maybe I most think, of the time hopefully that's the goal <laughs> i think yeah. you definitely succeed in that goal because i remember uh, eric and i were having a conversation after we while we were reviewing it that like it was very difficult to pin down like 
exactly how to describe the the mm-hmm. sound of this record in the best possible way. Yeah. Like, you know, because yeah, and I'm glad for that. That's part of I think that's part of it too, is like that we kind of I think the idea of us going into it like and just throwing shit at the wall and letting shit stick. Like, mm-hmm. Similar to the way that the, you know, the album art is just like, all right, I'm going to fucking just pour this real quick. And, you know, it's just a mess. Like, yeah, <laughs> just sure. like what, just like the world and what, you know, but it works. The illusion of all of so. it is, it's like, it's just a fucking mess. Like, right. so like, why not just make it like that? Plus we live in different States and, you know, yeah, we both have our own schedules and just do that back and forth. Like, I mean, I've been doing that forever anyway, like back and forth with people from mm-hmm. wherever, but like just with me and Trey, man, just like, it was smooth. It's been smooth the whole way through nice. doing it, you know? And like, we, he's got tons of his other projects, you know, that he could tell you about that he's working on. So this is, or this part is just a little piece for him. I mean, he's got, he's about yeah. to fucking, he's in his stretch now where he's just fucking pumping it out and, and it's all fire, you know, like nice. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's hitting his stride, man. <laughs> hey, Trey, why don't, why don't you talk about those projects a little bit? Okay. So I'll be, okay. So to kind of just sum up CK Pitts. So the actual name of CK Pitts is the acronym for the statement Chinese kids playing in the snow has nothing to do with my music. It was just something when I was 19 years old, I heard it on the Mac Miller project. Uh, and he just randomly says, Chinese kids playing in the snow. I thought it was fucking hilarious. And I'm just like, I'm gonna use that for something in the future. And then I get to college, I'm like, I'm gonna call myself Chinese kids playing in the snow. And then I was like, I probably should shorten it because first, it's a long ass name. Two, I could probably get in trouble for this name down the future. So this is me <laughs> censoring myself before someone tried to cancel me. And I've had nine years to think of changing my name. And I was like, you know what? I think I have good logistics of being able to get away with this. Because first of all, what's wrong with the statement Chinese right. kids playing in the snow? Yeah, I don't know. Like for me, it's just like, for me, it represents absurdity, but overall, I'll get to the point. So I first started CK Pits with um, two of my friends from my, and so this is the beginning part of like my music life where I started actually recording and actually meeting people on the internet. I went to this uh, church with this um, dude named Jake Brooks who did a lot of the production off of my first EP for CK Pits, like the earlier, like back in 2015. We just went to church together and then when I went to college he just started sending me a bunch of beats and stuff and we worked on the project and me and him actually he was the first person I ever got along with um with uh, the band Death Grips so me and him were the first that's how we like became friends because of Death Grips so he was like kind of my first like friend of just nerding out about music especially like experimental music because he made a lot he used to make a lot of like a dubstep at the time now it's just more ambient experimental type of like electronic music mm-hmm. and uh he goes by godwin now he, he went by needless noise at the time but yeah i want like it's kind of hard he's kind of a hermit like myself like he, he's not on facebook a lot it's hard to get in contact with them but whenever i can we usually just like work on random shit yeah so i started my first uh project kettle spray it was just a five song ep of both uh needless well my friend jake and like his other friend james who at the time here was 14 year old kid making trap beats and they both used to make beats together and like collab and then they would send it to me and i would just used to like rap on my laptop microphone It it was just i was like i need to get these music ideas out and I'm just going to get better over time and like so along with just being a fanatic of music and rapping 
I started just like making these projects based off of like, you know, my interests of like, whether it was like dark horrorcore shit, whether it was influenced by Eminem and then eventually the folk stuff started coming in from like listening to a lot of indie music and then eventually like getting into more dark folk with current 93 once I discovered them way back in 2015 and just just kind of just building from all these loves yeah so I made that project way back in 2015 that was like me like making a solid CK Pitts project and then I do have this compilation project of like a bunch of miscellaneous and random songs I made back when I really wasn't taking CK Pitts seriously it's just something I did like outside of like you know wanting to just like make art because I went to art college so it's just like whenever I was just like in my dorm room getting high I'm just like I'm gonna make a song randomly and then um I just kind of did that gradually and then it, I really didn't start taking stuff seriously until like actually actually until like I started making music with my friend Young Duck with Kestrel and then meeting Errol like that's like when I kind of started realizing maybe I should take this a little bit more serious because like when you Eric had introduced me to uh, the Junetopia event. That was the first time I had ever done a performance under CK Pitts. And it was fucking fun. It was really fun. From that point on, the other projects after that, I would say, I would actually say CK Pitts got more, it, it got more solidified after I left Minneapolis because I really kind of wasn't living the best lifestyle at the time. I was just getting too fucked up a lot and just like I mean I had the drive and passion it's just I just did not have enough focus to like make things like solid like I just was sloppy all the time about stuff like even if it sounded good it was just like mentally it's just like I was I think I was invoking too much of the dark aesthetics that like I was talking about and that's when I realized like all right, I'm not, I don't want to change that, but I need to change my attitude towards how I'm actually doing my music. So like once I left that environment in Minneapolis and because it was just too cold, I was suffering from winter depression, alcoholism, just just get just too much like just indulgence of overall. Like once I left Minneapolis and I started my first uh, album uh, entirely produced by me, I ended up... Um, just making my first uh, project called Annoying Melodies, which is just what it is. It's just a bunch of uh, like repetitive, like kind of Barney type of songs, but with a horrorcore <laughs> cult edge. That's the best way to describe Ooh. it. Apocalyptic lullaby songs. So I did uh, Annoying Melodies 1, then Annoying Melodies 2, which is pretty much just me just getting better with like understanding how to master and stuff like that. Cause a lot of those projects sound very janky. Like I still like listening to them because like I made them at a certain time that like it meant something for me. If I, I definitely have like been going back trying to like at least just like turn up the EQ cause I just did not know what that stuff was at the time. So like, I'm like learning how to master and do all this stuff by myself and just like forcing myself to like actually just go on like just like learn bit and bit but like still kind of keep it raw so it's like still something only I can make I guess and so from that point on then I made an EP called Magdalene which was a pretty much an album about I hate talking about love to be honest so it's just like representation of all like my girlfriends in kind of just getting out those emotions mm. and then just kind of keeping it at that and 
that's why I don't listen to it a lot because it's hella cringy. And then <laughs> that, and then after once I did that, I was like, all right, I got an idea of what I want to do. Let's get a little bit more experimental. Then I make a project called Kyle Calamity, which is actually based off one of my character, like my art characters I made when I was in college. It's just like this weird, like boy that kind of looks like Johnny from Edda and Nettie, but like, like a demonic version i guess or some shit like that i don't i don't fucking know i don't fucking hey, know like I just, hey guys i hate to interrupt you guys but i hear a real fussy kid inside so oh i have God. to jump back inside and help out but uh cool yeah thank you guys again awesome. for so much for doing this man of course. i super appreciate it great talking to you, See you, See you Bye. thank you awesome yeah. really appreciate this this is awesome this is this has been some of the <laughs> These are the days that I live for. Just like these oh, specific man. days, yeah. where I can just nerd out. Thank you. So I'll get all your hair because, like, yeah. I'm just gonna keep going and going. So, like, I'll talk to you guys later. Cool. Good night. Yeah. We'll yep, talk have to a you good later. night, man. Good night. Thanks again. See you later. See ya. <laughs> man, I'll tell you what. That was an awesome interview. CK Pitts. Uh, what a sweetheart. Wow. And I'll tell you what, man. I think we found somebody who's just as into black moth super rainbow as you if not even more yeah wow so definitely yeah yes everybody please go and listen to this album it's uh definitely like some of the best like regional like around here that i've heard um and of course obs who we interviewed oh yeah um a while back his stuff is amazing as well i'm just glad that there's a hip hop scene around here that is yeah. centered around DIY. One of these days in this century, maybe I'll actually make it to a show that actually features live music. Oh yeah. I have not been to a show yet in probably two years. Yeah. Like, because I mean, 2020, no one went to shows. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but I still have not been to a show since music came back because hmm. you know music left it, yeah. it stopped it stopped existing it became illegal right. to make music oh wow <laughs> i didn't know that <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't you don't remember Dude, you were breaking the law the whole time just like rob alfred I'm glad that uh, my music has such little impact that the cops didn't even care. <laughs> oh, they were watching the you, cops. Eric. The music cops. The music cops. The music police. <laughs> I think that... Uh, That's how their siren goes. That, yeah. <laughs> well, there's two different kinds. There's your kind and my kind. Because I apparently cannot... Uh, cannot replicate what you did so oh dude you know you know what that sounds like that's almost like that sound that trump when he when he talked about the uh windmills and how they cause cancer and kill the birds uh he was like you know that sort of thing like he actually said that he's like they say the noise causes cancer you tell me and then he described them as like he, they, he said that if like you like birds, you don't want to go near the windmills because uh, they're like graveyards for birds. And it's from the sound. Yeah, yeah. And so then he made the sound. Yeah, he made the sound. He's like, rah, rah, and so did rah, every you know? bird that heard that interview die? Well, and everybody who went past it when it made that sound got cancer. 
Oh, it kills birds, but it gives humans cancer. No, it I gives it. humans cancer and it kills the birds. Because and it's, it's like the graveyards. sound. Wow. It's the sound. I heard a sound. I turned around. I turned around and found the thing that made the sound. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And it was a windmill. That's what they might be giants wow. were talking about. Please pass the milk. Milk, please. please. Uh, wow. my, so basically this episode has turned into us singing finger oh lips. no this is not making it into the episode okay good well actually i don't know uh, maybe maybe they'll enjoy our singing oh my no i don't think so okay. they're gonna they're gonna say i'm not listening to reviews by these guys they can't even fucking sing <laughs> but you do have to <laughs> because you know they yeah. care about what the journalists the rock critics they care about their voices yeah well i always I mean, always found that term like <laughs> hilarious rock critics yeah like you know what i mean like you're gonna critique rock yeah you know rocks. I, yeah this, rocks. this geode's too shiny <laughs> when i broke it open yeah too many like crystals inside what a yeah. shitty ass rock. It's a shitty um, crystal. No, I just meant that if we think that our voices are good enough to sing, that then our taste is questionable. <laughs> yeah. Guys, thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, as always, uh, hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. If you have any suggestions for people you want us to talk to, people you want us to listen to, records you want us to listen to, uh, music we should like, music we shouldn't like. Yeah, just let us know. Yeah, and, and we'll keep telling you music that you shouldn't like. Yeah, we'll tell you guys that. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I also want you guys to tell us that too. Like, tell yeah. us what we shouldn't like. Well, we'll tell you what what we thought of something, and usually we'll say it's pretty good. But if we say it's pretty good, it's probably not very good. So you shouldn't. <laughs> so it. yeah, exactly. So, so if reverse knows, psychology. If anybody knows what we shouldn't like, it should be you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's go. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good one. Bye. Every time I plug my shit in, I'm always like, shut up. Fuck off! Ow!